Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Supercoach 365, we're back. Round six is in the books and round seven, geez, doesn't it look tough on paper? Ryan Selvage again with you. Tommy Hudson is down the line. Tommy, uh, how did you fare last week, mate? It was uh, an up and down round for different reasons. G'day, mate. Yeah, not too bad last week. Uh, I took over 1,200 into the top 8% overall, so I'm pretty happy with that after a slow start to the year. But uh, as you sort of mentioned there, this round, it's presenting a lot of cha- uh, a lot of challenges coming up. Yeah, we'll get into round seven in just a moment's time. And I guess a lot of those challenges there that we'll get into are around the number one position. Of course, we saw Tommy Turbo come back and absolutely, um, you know, do what Tommy does against the Titans out in Mudgee. Pappenhausen overcame an early HIA um, to star for the Storm against uh, the Roosters in that um, what looked a tight win at the end, but not really. I think the Storm were pretty comfortable the whole way. And then, of course, the drama with Latrell Mitchell, who's at the judiciary tonight as we record this on Tuesday. So so plenty of uh, question marks, headaches, and uh, news of Pappenhausen with an injury as well. We'll get into that later. But uh, plenty of, I guess, concern around that number one position. Yeah, I'd say almost, almost everyone is impacted by this. I'd say most players in the game now own two of those fullbacks that we just mentioned, two of the big four or five fullbacks. And uh, well, Pappenhausen and Latrell definitely gone this week. We both uh, for both of them, we don't know how long they'll be gone for, but they're massive decisions to be made around them. I guess the saving grace is that that fullback position is so stacked with talent that there's lots of replacements. Yeah, it's funny we mentioned those three, and we don't even mention uh, James Tedesco in that same conversation or Kalen Ponga who came back. Um, you know, home to Newcastle last week and scored, I think it was upwards of 160. So Ponga definitely on the radar. Just on Teddy before we move on uh, to round seven, Tommy, what do you make of his performances in the past couple of weeks, given that 
The Roosters are struggling. Uh, I don't think the team's playing anywhere near as free-flowing as it does when, obviously, uh, Luke Keery's there and, um, you know, friends retired. Uh, do they still feel in this hangover from losing Cooper Cronk in years gone by as well? Is Tedesco just struggling to kind of put the pieces together without those other names around Yeah, him? I think Keery is the big the big loss there. If you look at his scores to start the year, he went triple figures the first two weeks. And then since Keery's got injured, he's only uh, his top score is 74. And he only scored 40 last week, which is as low as he'll pretty much ever score. I think just the Roosters in general, as we probably saw when Kiri went down, they're just going to struggle the rest of the year to be at the level they've been at for the past five or so years. So, yeah, look, Teddy, he has a bit of work to do because he has to uh, kind of put the team on his back. One of those players that we did mention there that could maybe take some pressure off Teddy in that ball-playing type role is Victor Radley. And, of course, uh, he looks likely to miss some weeks as well. Talking of people missing weeks, what about Hetherington? He, this guy just loves a trip to the judiciary, and he looks to be uh, sitting on the sidelines for at least another five weeks after taking the gu- uh, early guilty plea uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty dangerous sort of hit. I, I heard a few people saying that if it wasn't him, it wouldn't have been a send-off. Uh, I'm not sure I really subscribe to that theory, do you? Well, no, but, I mean, he's built this reputation, hasn't he? I mean, you'd only have to look, you know, as far back as players like Andrew Fafita, um, Dylan Napa maybe in the past, Warrior Hargraves, these players who have consistently penalised, um, you know, found found a way to give more penalties away. And when it comes to, I guess, high tackles and uh, foul play, Hetherington, he doesn't have a great record. Uh, he is owned, as we look here, by 11% of teams. He was one of those cheapy prop options to start the year, but I think on the back of uh, some poor scores and obviously this suspension, that number will drop significantly as well. Tommy, you've already touched on your overall ranking there and your points that you uh, chalked up last week. I'll quickly give mine before we move on to the talking points via our Instagram direct messages. Look, it wasn't the best week last week for myself personally. Uh, A score under 1,200, 11.91 there in the top 10%. Still in the top 3% overall. So we're climbing, we're getting there. And I guess, um, I mean, your overall rank, Tommy, it's, it's... uh, hindered a lot by um, captaining Madison by accident one week, but you've you've done well considering that fact to kind of claw some uh, ground yeah, back. That's that's what uh, keeps me awake at night these days. That Madison decision a few weeks back wasn't a decision; <laughs> it was a an oversight not to change it. Yeah, but as we said, this week will be a challenging week. I own both Latrell and Pappenhausen, so wait and see what happens tonight with Latrell. But uh, might have to look to move one or both of them on. Yep, let's get straight into these uh, talking points now. A big thank you again. I mean, we've got to thank the people. Like they're putting these. Together together they're giving up their time so we can i guess um, pay some help or um, have something to talk about other than the team list news and everything else going on in the world of the nrl a couple here through from kai kerbs um, it's a pretty tough question straight off the bat. Is Sofidi a good replacement for Tino? Uh, Tino Fa'asumaliawi obviously expected to miss uh, some games on the back of that um, shoulder charge. I think he's sitting out for at least two weeks. Uh, Daniel Sofidi, Tommy, is he a good buy uh, at that price? And I'll just bring it up here now as we um, di- dissect this. Saifidi, have you seen enough from him at the Knights this year to suggest that he can reclaim or rediscover some of that origin form of just, you know, last year or the year prior? Yeah, I think he's going well, for sure. Um, looking at his scores now, they've all been pretty pretty good. Um, one week there of 38, but uh, the team was badly beaten by the Gold Coast. But other than that, usually in the 60s, uh, probably the only cautionary tale here is the break even of 90 so there's not a lot of room for growth there. yeah probably don't want to be picking him up this week but that said if you're in desperate need of a consistent uh, front rower you're probably not going to 
uh, do yourself too much damage with uh, Daniel Saifidi. Uh, Amy Harvey says, is Mitchell a sell? Uh, take it that this means Latrell. Tommy, let's just get into this because there are a couple here and there's no point shying away from it. Is Latrell Mitchell a sell given he's likely to have to sit out the next, I think it's at least three weeks, maybe four, if I'm correct in saying that? Yeah, I think he probably is. Um, he's been great. I only picked him up a few weeks ago, but he's had some great scores since. But I just think it's too long when you too long out of the game when you have so many other good fullback options. I think it's just too much money to be sitting in your team when you can pick up other players who could get a hundred. Yeah. And again, you mentioned that position is quite stacked, so it's not as if it's a Cleary that's missing one or two weeks where you think, well, oh, look, probably not worth burning two trades, one to get him out and then one to get him back in. But Latrell, there's uh, other options there. Still on the trail. Uh, Jay Weather 236 says, Does he deserve the four weeks? Um, again, we kind of mentioned that Hetherington's built a bit of a reputation. Latrell may be building a reputation of his own in terms of that, you know, foul play or ill discipline space. What do you reckon? Oh, yeah, he definitely is. Um, I don't think anyone would argue against that. Um, I don't know if that that specific incident really deserves four weeks or three weeks. Um, but if you add up the other things he did on the night, honestly probably does. I know that's not how it works, but he was being a little bit of a, a grubby player on Saturday and um, look, he probably deserves a few weeks out to think about his actions. Peyton Blake, still on fullbacks here, says, is it too early to jump on Turbo? Uh, my own perspective on this, absolutely not. I think um, obviously you can wait one more week until he's um, guaranteed a price rise the week after, but showing what he did against the Titans at the weekend... Purely just for his points, I think he's a great pickup this week. Of course, the Seagulls have the Tigers. So if you are moving from Luttrell or from uh, you know an injured Pappenhausen or uh, Tedesco who's under a bit of a, a form cloud, I don't think it's too early to jump on Turbo this week. Tom. No, definitely not. I'm definitely uh, picking him up for Luttrell. Um, break even of only 18 against West Tigers. He'll do that probably within the first 10 minutes, judging by his performance the other day. I suppose everyone's worried about him getting injured, but... You just got to risk it, unfortunately. It's probably not as much of a risk as picking up Tommy this week as it was to drafting him in earlier rounds. So, um, yeah, no hesitations to jump on Tommy Turbo just a second week back from a long layoff. Bucker Nick says, Am I sacrificing two cheapies for Brian To'o? Two, two cheapies to get to To'o. I would say no issues with that as long as it's not Dane Laurie. I think he's a keeper going forward. He's just playing in uh, that fullback position. He scores tries, and he's quite simply uh, the West Tigers' best. So I'm all for this. Maybe not this week with Brian's high break even, but uh, yeah, as long as it's not uh, Dane Laurie that you're getting out, I think there are calls or, or enough reasons to get rid of two of those, you know, worse or off CTW options. Yeah, look, there's no denying Toho's class, how good he's been this year. He's probably or definitely the best, I think, CTW option in the game at the moment in terms of super coach. But uh, look, with a high break even, and I'd say most teams will have big issues this week surrounding fullback and other positions. I, I don't know how you can justify two trades to get Toho in, but uh, if you can do it over the course of a couple of weeks, maybe, but depends where your priorities lie, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have or you know, silly enough to have ran the gauntlet last week and traded in Tommy on his first week back and you aren't pinned down by Latrell or an injured Pappenhausen at the back, 
um, you're either a genius or, as I said, uh, a braver man than you and I, Tommy. So, yeah, probably not this week, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, two cheapies for to- – oh, well, they don't specify here. Sorry, I will say to Buckanick, he doesn't specify CTW cheapies. So maybe two, you know, cheapies in other positions to get to Brian. I'm not against that. Uh, just scrolling through here as well, uh, Wayman Cobbs says, I'm selling Teddy and who – Clemmer or Safidi for who? That's not a question, and I can't make sense of that, so I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Alex w- Windiat, sorry, sorry. Uh, actually, let's go to Jeremy Bassard. He says, Teddy to Turbo. We haven't spoken much about Teddy yet. I mean, you mentioned his points going down, but Teddy to Turbo, is it a good enough trade uh, purely to save the cash? Um, well, look, I'd be doing it, probably. I don't own Teddy, so it's hard for me to answer that. But um, if you don't have... I guess other issues in your team surrounding other fullbacks. I think Turbo's, it's a great time to buy him and I'd be getting him in. Taj Joyce says, who will play Simkin or Little for the West Tigers hooker going forward? Jeez, you know, going off purely off the weekend, you'd think it'd be hard for Simkin to lose his spot. He does look a a slender, more smaller build than uh, Little going forward. So whether or not he can be, you know, sustaining these 55 plus tackles per game performances week in, week out for another 20 weeks, I don't know, but... It's an interesting one there for the Tigers, isn't it, Tommy, with Simpkin in the wings and then also Little just, you know, waiting um, for a slip-up of any kind. Yeah, I think uh, Simpkin was pretty impressive the other night. I'd say he's in it for a while. I'd say the only, I guess, chance of him being replaced is that Michael Maguire is quite, he's quite reactive. If they lose a few games, he's often pretty happy to change it up. So, look, Little could be back, but uh, Simpkin was really good on debut. Yeah, and I think there's more promise there, perhaps. I mean, we've seen what Little has dished up in years prior. And to be honest, we were pretty, you know, harsh on him, myself especially, before a ball was kicked this year, you know, about selecting him in your team as a cheapy hooker option, you know, behind a Cook or Grant. But, um, you know, scored some points. I think his super coach performances and scores outweighed what he actually delivered for the Tigers to start the year. Uh, Adam Blundell says, Thoughts on Luke Thompson? Uh, I've got massive wraps on him purely uh, because I own him in our draft comp, and I think he's churned out two pretty handy scores um, given the fact that, you know, he's also a dual eligible position front row forward and second row option. Um, I, th- you know, flirted with the idea of bringing him in this week, but. Yet to decide on that uh, second trade yet. Um, Luke Thompson could be an option, Tommy. He's probably going to make some money as well. Yeah, he ticks a lot of boxes, uh, break-even of 17, so definitely be going up this week. Also with uh, Jack Hetherington now suspended, probably helps, I suppose, the other forwards in the Bulldogs team to pick up more work and get more points. Yeah, no, no that's not a bad shout. And I, when I looked at this team list, I was a little bit deterred by the fact he was named in 10 and not 13. But as you say there, it kind of makes sense. Um, with Hetherington not there, that he will play in that prop role. I mean, it is almost a like-for-like, isn't it? The prop and lock role these days, especially when you're not ball-playing like a Radley or a Cam Murray or any of these other smaller builds like a Connor Watson. Uh, We will only get to a couple of more of these because we are going on a little bit here. Uh, Lockie Holmes says, Should I trade out Jordan Rickey and Fatesi New? Uh, Definitely, I think uh, their time is done. Ricky on the bench, it's probably just going to uh, lose all that money that he made and Tessie knew don't think he was named in the in the teams for the Broncos this week Tommy and he's obviously on the outer last week as well so his place in the uh, Broncos team going forward looks a little bit up yeah you've got to be getting rid of both of these I have Ricky still but I have other issues in my teams I don't know he might just scrape in my team again this week because I have other problems but 
try to get rid of him if you can. Fan favourite of ours, Blake Moore, says, Once again, you saw over the weekend that typical winners win and losers lose. Uh, Penrith and Souths, he mentions here. Yeah, absolutely. I think these these teams just always find a way. Well, not always, but more often than not, find a way to win. Particularly the um, the Panthers. I think you know they've obviously had that long winning run. You know the grand final aside, but they just find a way to win those big moments, don't they, Tommy? And with Cleary steering the ship, there's no wonder why. Yeah, no, they definitely are. They were given a bit of a scare the other night. Brisbane played out of their skin, I thought, but uh, they were too professional. Get the job done. Cleary was just. Uh, so clinical at the end there, and then South. I don't know. I had a feeling even when they were losing to the Tigers, they were just they were just going to find enough to win. And like, let's be honest, it could have gone either way. But winners win and losers lose, as Blake said. He loves it, doesn't he, Blakey? And no doubt he'll be having a punt with TopSport.com.au this weekend. Uh, before we do get into our game by game previews, good little segue there. We will go through these games a little bit more thorough in terms of a rugby league or. Um, you know, team list breakdown, matchups, sort of preview in our Supercoach Bets podcast. We'll release that on uh, Wednesday morning as well, but um, push it out on our socials closer to kick off ahead of round seven. Tommy, let's get into round seven, though. No, uh, that's where we head, and it kicks off on Thursday night with the Panthers hosting the Knights. And you mentioned Cleary there. Jerome Luai, geez, uh, he's playing his role in this team as well. And the combination which these two form on the field, is it time to start looking to get in players like Luai, you know, behind Walker or Munster at that backup 5-8 slot? Because they can just churn out points and they don't really steal the points off each other, Cleary and Luai, that is. No, they're both, they're dynamic together. And like you said, they don't rob each other of the points. Um, I don't know, I'm pretty invested in Cody Walker and other people would be invested in Munster but it's getting hard to ignore Jerome Luai's scores really even last week in a team which wasn't that dominant he still scored 81 um, so look I couldn't knock anyone trying to get Luai on their side yeah at the start of the year in our previews we kind of went over these positions and it looked you know a race of two the 5-8 slot it was obviously um, Walker the standout you know closely followed by Munster Dylan Brown I had at number three um, purely off his base and his potential to you know uplift that with some creative stats at a pretty handy side in the Eels. But Luai has really shot out of the cannon this year and um, his average score is 85 after six weeks. And with Cleary by his side, he's averaging close to 100. It just shows you that these two can coexist, uh, you know, despite in other teams in these positions, maybe, you know, stealing points off each other. Uh, in this game, though, Tommy, uh, let's go to the break-evens here. Uh, only a couple to speak of in terms of you know positive break evens for super coaches. Brody Jones a minus nineteen break even expected to make about fifty two k. Don't know if you'll be moving to him. Could be a bit of a sideways trade, uh, assuming you've got other cheapies at that backup to RF slot. But on the other side of the spectrum, players like Kikau and Clemmer have break evens. Uh, bigger than 100 so maybe some troubles there if you're playing with those guys and you want to shift to cheaper forward options yeah more troubles for me there I have David Clemmer but as I said before I don't think I can really afford to get rid of him when I have other issues at play uh Brody Jones was really good the other night he was great at both ends of the field he saved tries and he scored them but uh I think scoring them really inflated his his super coach score, so probably not really worth the while there. Yeah, other scores here, uh, break-evens that is to speak of, Brian on 90 and Jerome Luai 85. Um, you know, 
you're probably not too concerned about that if you've already got them in your team, which a lot of players uh, would do by this point. Um, we'll get into our tips in our Super Coach Bets podcast, as we say as well. So tune into that one if you want to hear our thoughts, uh, winners and losers, uh, anytime try scorer bets, margins, anything else. Well, maybe don't, um, going off our form last week. Titans and the Rabbitohs get us underway on Friday afternoon or that first 6 p.m. game. Again, in terms of break-evens, probably not too much to discuss here. Tanner Boyd, uh, the only player in the match with a negative break-even of minus five, but um, not too popular uh, would be Tanner Boyd. Tommy, what do we do with Damian Cook, Tino Fa'asul Malawi, and we've already discussed Latrell, but let's focus on those first two there. Cook's been below his best this year, and Tino looks likely to serve a two to maybe three-game suspension. What do we do with these two? Yeah, Damian Cook, I was... uh Kind of ready to pull the plug on him and get rid of him, but still had a few fullback issues. I'm pretty keen on Harry Grant. However, Harry Grant is named on the bench. We'll get to the Storm soon. Grant named on the bench with a break-even of 67, so I might just wait another week or two there. Keep Damien Cook for now, but he's been real disappointing. Um, A couple of scores over 100, but other than that, really not setting the house on fire, so a bit disappointing there. As for Big Tino, look, I don't know if you can afford to move him on. Probably do, but... Wouldn't be the top of the priorities yeah. for me. Uh, again, he's probably at, a, at that you know fair enough price point around the 500k mark, Tino. That if you were looking to move him on, you're probably caught in part of a two-part trade, and even get to a Christian Welch, who I think is probably going to make it. Um, I think he's tipped to make about another 60k this week, Christian. So uh, he's performing out of his skin to start the year. Uh, anything else here we should uh, get to in terms of the Titans and the Rabbitohs? Something I've just seen pop up on Twitter here via Wacko's Whispers is that Cody Walker trained at fullback today. Uh, you'd assume Benji. Uh, to partner Adam Reynolds in the halves with Latrell Gorn. So Cody Walker actually broke into fullback, uh, broke into first grade as a fullback, that is, uh, way back in 2016. So this could be an interesting little dynamic with the three of them on the field at yeah, once. Yeah, that'll be very interesting if that uh, comes to fruition. would see a big backline reshuffle if they start that way. Um, also, if you're playing draft comps, I suppose Benji Marshall could be a, a little sneaky get if he used to play uh, in the halves this yeah. weekend. And you think that um, Benji would be on the waiver wires or a free agent in a lot of competitions. So if that is to be the case, get on him tonight or tomorrow morning whenever you, your waivers open up or they become free agents and uh, get a part of it. As we say, we record this on Tuesday night. So if you're listening on Wednesday morning, um, press pause on this, go and pick up Benji and come back and thank us on our socials once you've done so. Friday night, uh, it is the Eels and the Broncos. Now, this one up in Darwin, um, Interestingly enough, I mean, you look at the, the team list here. Ryan Madison named in Jersey 21. Uh, what does this do for super coaches, particularly draft players? I think might you know float the idea that Madison's back. But Isaiah Papali'i, how good has he been in Madison's absence? Yeah, absolutely. He's been the find of the year, Papali'i. I wasn't too wrapped on him last year at the Warriors, but he's gone on absolute another level at Para. Um, he tore apart my Canberra Raiders on Saturday and. While it was disappointing to see that, I was happy to see him score some tries because I haven't been in my classic team. Um, Madison, I don't know. He might be a late inclusion, but it's interesting to see. Does he just come straight back, straight back onto that edge in pace of Papalihi? Papalihi is hard man to leave out now. Yeah, and I think he's proven himself to be pretty versatile, Papalihi. So he might start on an edge and then shift to the middle. But even then, it's just a luxury for uh, Brad Arthur and the Eels. I really like the look of the Eels in the next, say, Six weeks. They've got the Broncos this week. Then they move uh, in round eight to take on the Bulldogs. 
Uh, a tough game on paper against the Roosters, but they're not high-flying like they once were. Then they play the Warriors, uh, the Sea Eagles. Um, a tough game then against the Rabbitohs, and then they played that first Origin week as well. So we might dive a little bit more into Origin planning next week uh, on the pod, Tommy. But um, some hand, a handy run of games there against teams towards the bottom half of the ladder in the next five or six weeks for the Eels. So if you haven't already jumped on players like Papali'i, or you know Madison, once his price comes down, there might be options to kind of flip these guys, save a bit of cash, and ride on the back of the success of the Eels in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely dream run there, um, especially the next two weeks, Broncos and Bulldogs. So yeah, like you said, cashing in on some of these Eels stars, it's a great time to do it. Looking at the Brisbane Broncos here, uh, an interesting name on the bench this week, Danny Levi returns to the NRL probably going to come on and replace Jake Turpin at some stage in the game you'd imagine yeah and maybe you know affect his minutes um, so if you're holding Turpin maybe even in draft comps um, just something to consider still on the Broncos just quickly before we move on how about their past four weeks and what's to come next week so uh, they've in the past four weeks they've played the Storm then they played the Rabbitohs then they had the Panthers now they have the Eels next week they take on the Titans so that's one of the, the more difficult runs that I think you'll ever see um, back to back to back to back, four weeks yeah. in a row. Uh, I, I've got them ranked here as the top four teams. Yeah, no, we I think we we talked about this a few weeks back uh, before their Bulldogs game, and we said if they don't beat the Dogs, it was probably going to be 18 losses in a row. So uh, lucky they did beat the Dogs. Yeah. And uh, I think they've gone okay against the bigger teams. We'll probably talk about them more in our, our betting podcast. But uh, they did okay the other night against Penrith, and they can probably make a fist of it here against the Definitely area. more than held their own against um, the 2020 minor premiers, the Panthers. Saturday evening, the Sharks will take on the Bulldogs, that team you just mentioned there, Tommy. Um, do you think on paper the Sharks should be winning this, but... I mean, the bit of conjecture around where Chad Townsend's going to be playing in uh, or beyond this season. Big name in uh, Sean Johnson is back on the bench, though, for the Sharks, so that helps. The Bulldogs, they showed a little bit of fight at the back end of that game last week, but it was all too little too late, and they look in a world of uh, trouble, the Bulldogs, um, heading into this real difficult part of the season with Origin on the horizon. Yeah, I'm not sure where to for the Doggies, and then six in a row, six losses in a row to start the year, and then you lose, you probably most fearsome forward in Hetherington. Um, it's really hard. Sharks are going pretty well. I know they lost the other night, but, yeah, going really well. Um, Sean Johnson on the bench, jersey number 15, is the big talking point here, I think, for the Sharks. Uh, obviously, with the Chad Townsend likely heading to the Cowboys next year, um, does that push Sean Johnson into the starting team this week, or we have to wait a few weeks to see that? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of mail around that... Um Johnson may start here and, and Townsend might either find himself on the bench or excluded from this team. I don't know how you can carry Townsend and uh, or, or Moylan or Johnson for that fact you know, on the bench, particularly when you've got you know, other capable players are playing in the half like Tracy or you know Trindle at a push. Magulius could even fill in there as that ball-playing forward type role. So uh, not too much um, sense would be made there, I think, of carrying one of those spine particular players on. Uh, on the bench. Uh, break-evens here in this game. 
Again, probably not too much to speak of. Interesting to see Will Chambers has already been added to the game. Uh, he's named in the reserves here for the Sharks, so I doubt he'll play this week. But uh, going forward, Will Chambers at the Sharks, something that I'd never thought I would see. <laughs> no, he was a sworn enemy throughout the mid-2010s. But look, he's he's a good pickup, I think, for the Sharks. Uh, he's, he's a tough player. They probably need a centre. So, yeah, good luck to him. I'm not sure if he really comes into play in super coach terms. I'm looking at his like recent scores in recent years and it's not that eye-catching, but uh, handy pickup for Cronulla anyway. Let's move on, though, uh, to the Saturday night game between the Cowboys and your Raiders, Tommy. A little bit to get through here. Uh, I guess the notable change is the number nine, the co-captain Josh Hodgson, is uh, out with an injury, so we're told, but could this almost be a blessing in disguise, do you think, for the Raiders with Tommy Starling there back around the ruck and creating havoc as he did without Hodgson there last year? Yeah, average 60 last year. He was an integral part of our team last year as well. So, look, the probably the uh, issue with him in Supercoach is that his break-even is still over 100, 101, which is uh, pretty high. Probably not getting that, but I think he will have a big game against some tiring Cowboys forwards. Uh, Joe Tarpany drops out of the team, which is a bit of a statement from Ricky as well. Some, some big names there on the bench as well with Corey Horsburgh back, uh, Harawira and Naira there, the two Corys, they come back into this, um, or the, onto the interchange bench at least. What about um, Harawira and Naira, Tommy? And, and let's touch on Horsburgh as well. Horsburgh, a dual-eligible position player, but can they crack it in this team with the depth, the pure depth that uh, Ricky has at his disposal here in the forwards? Yeah, I think the depth just kills kills their scores, unfortunately, from a super coach point of view. I think we mentioned that about the Panthers forwards a few weeks ago, that there's so many there that they kind of just eat each other's mm. work. Um, they're all good in isolation, but it's just how many minutes they're going to get and it kind of hinders you if you do own them in classic comps. We all jumped on Benjamin Condon last week, or at least... Uh, well, I did. Uh, he's in 20% of teams. Tommy, I think you might have picked him up as well. I hope you did for your own uh, cash grab sakes. He scored a try, which was just absolute icing on the cake. A break even of minus 39 this week and projected to make another 60K. So a big couple of weeks for Benny Condon. Uh, not too much else to speak of from a negative break even point. Taumalolo, he's not playing, of course. Uh, his break even when he comes back will be 123. But uh, back on Condon. Jeez, it's, it's these little guys that come in throughout the season that you just need to be you know, churning in, getting the cash and flipping them out to, to upgrade your players elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't I wasn't quite wise enough to get him in last week, but as you mentioned, uh, the very, very, very low break even this week, it's not too late to get him in, and uh, I might try to do it if I can sort my fullback uh, conundrum out quick enough, but we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it's not... Um it's not water completely under the bridge yet with Condon again. Probably set for at least one, if not another, two good price rises uh, before his value uh, becomes a little bit too high for his break-even at least. Anzac Day, let's get to it now. It kicks off three fixtures on Anzac Day this year. Uh, West Tigers and the Sea Eagles uh, get us underway at Bankwest Stadium. Of course, Tommy Turbo headlines this one for the Seagulls. Not too much to speak of from team news uh, from Manly. In fact, the same 17 players have been named. From the Tigers, uh, Michael Cheekham into the centres. So a bit of an interesting one there. But uh, looking at this, Tommy Turbo looks again to have a favourable fixture. And if you're thinking of playing for points and saving a bit of cash, uh, Tommy looks a good option to trade in this week. Yeah, it looks a great fixture for Tommy. Uh, he was incredible last week, as we mentioned uh, earlier, and 
really just gets another chance to do that. So I think, as we said, it's a great time to bring him in. Not really a lot else to speak about in this fixture. I don't think uh, possibly Josh Schuster is someone that could still get in your team a negative break even of negative eight. And uh, he's been scoring really well the last two weeks with 93 and 64. So definitely going well, Josh Schuster. Yeah, I missed the Schuster boat. But as you say there, it's probably not too late. And it's just a little bit of a shame that he is at that. You know, he's not a dual position player because if he was back rower as he is actually playing uh, for Desert Seagulls, then I dare say he would be in my team. But um, yeah, I missed that boat. You can't have them all though, I guess, can you? Um, Yeah, as you say, probably not too much to speak of here. The main game on Anzac Day will, of course, be the traditional fixture, the Anzac Day Cup clash at the cricket ground between the Roosters and the Dragons. And this one looks probably the most evenly poised matchup between these two sides that I can remember at least. Yeah, looking at this here, if Ben Hunt comes in, he's named in uh, Jersey 21. If he comes in, I think I'll be tipping the Dragons here. Um, they just they just marry up well against this Roosters side, which is all out of sorts at the moment. It's an absolutely uh, mouth-watering match, really. I don't think the Dragons played poor the other day, and then the Roosters are the, the Roosters, they'll aim up on Anzac Day. This will be an absolute belt of a match as you said really looking forward to it in terms of super coach i think for the roosters the big talking point is the return of sam verrills pushing up ben marshke to the bench uh how do you think that'll impact the side yeah um i mean verrills i think even when he was playing 60 odd minutes in their premiership year um you know he scored fairly without being amazing, um, so uh, yeah he's probably a good waiver pickup if you're desperate, you know, in desperate need of a number nine. Marshke, I think he's been serviceable without being um, amazing. He does his job. A couple of errors last week, so fairly relegated to the bench here. But I guess a surprise inclusion for me is uh, Takeaha, who um, NRL physio had him out for two or three weeks. He's named in jersey ten. Radley, of course, in thirteen, pending his suspension. Uh, coming tonight so um, yeah a few wait and sees the big one though for mine as well as as everyone else there we've mentioned is Brett Morris who's back um, just a try scoring winger and he can finish you know a half chance turn them uh, into chance yeah absolutely he's he's safe as a house beam was he does play he'll be putting on some points you'd think Sam Walker just touch on him again still in the negatives in terms of break even negative 12 only scored 21 the other night, but it was a it was a tough fixture away to Melbourne. I think he'll bounce back a little bit here, and he's definitely worth keeping still. Yep, uh, a keeper he is definitely until that break even gets too high and he starts losing cash. But happy to have him um, burning away slowly there at the backup halfback slot behind Nathan Cleary. Last game of the round and capping a remarkable Anzac Day will be the Storm and the Warriors. The Warriors. Jeez, uh, they just find a way to just tough out these performances. Again, you mentioned how good they were against the Dragons just a moment ago, but the big question mark here is, of course, Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, Nico Hines named to replace him at fullback. Uh, in terms of uh, break-evens or cash or uh, points coming from this one, Tommy, where do you see the Storm uh, getting over the top of the Warriors, and, and how do they do it given that Pappenhausen has been such an influential part of their attack to start the year? Yeah, he's a massive loss, of course. Uh, that goes without saying. Nico Hines, though, he's a good replacement. He doesn't overplay his hand. He fits in well to that structure of Melbourne. He's been there for a few years now. So I do think he can cover the loss fairly well of, of Ryan Pappenhausen. But it is hard to replace someone of uh, Pappenhausen's quality. Obviously, as we mentioned a few times in this uh, podcast, he's going to create absolute selection nightmares at fullback. Are you holding or selling Ryan Pappenhausen? Yeah, I'm selling Paps for Turbo. 
uh, at this point, keeping Teddy. Teddy was on the chopping block, but given Paps's injury, I think it's time to, um, you know, trade him away. He's done a good job. He's been serviceable. His break even when he does come back, though, is uh, around 130 as it is at the moment. Um, not sure not sure who they'll face when he does come back obviously depending on which week he does come back but it is if it is rather in round nine uh, they have the Rabbitohs so not an easy game to get 150 points there so Pappenhausen is a sell for mine this week but um, if he is to lose a little bit of cash and Tommy's to make some or you know Teddy's to find some form again it's an easy way to get him back in in a couple of weeks time uh, that's it for us Tommy in terms of a game by game super coach preview but uh, our bowl predictions they've been a little bit um, cool of late I'll say we've, we've, we haven't been running hot but what have you got for us here while you think of one I'll kick us off here I know it's a little bit hard uh, to deliver such gold uh, I'm going to give us I'm going to back someone and I'm going to lay someone here so I'm going to say William Kennedy against the Bulldog to score 100 plus and sticking with that fullback theme I'm going Matt Dufty to score less than 50 uh, of course he's been in good form Matt Dufty of late but I just think the Roosters defense will have the answer to Matt Dufty this week it comes up against James Tedesco and uh, if anyone's going to make a try saving tackle or run down Dufty uh, Teddy could be the man. So uh, recapping those two there, William Kennedy to score 100 and Matt Dufty to go sub 50. Tommy, what about you? Well, first of all, I really hope you're wrong because Matt Dufty's been a star in my draft comp. Uh, he's been setting the world on fire for me, but I know what you're saying. Uh, he's got no base stats either, so it's all attack for him and Rooster defence might stymie him. I'm going to go with the same game, the Anzac Day game, uh, the traditional Anzac Day game as it is. Uh, the James Tedesco. I know we've been a little bit critical of him in this podcast, or at least trying to work out how he'll go. But um, I think this week sets up well for him. I think he'll bounce back. I'm going to go 100 plus for James Tedesco. Wow, that would be some turnaround on form there for Teddy if he used to go 100 plus. But who's to back against the champion? Well, you wouldn't put your money against Winks, so we won't be backing against Teddy this weekend. Uh, Tommy, that's it for us here, Supercoach365. As we say, follow us on our socials at Supercoach365. We're right across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else uh, you can think of getting us. We're not on TikTok yet, Tommy. I think we'll give that one a miss. Um, But yeah, stay tuned as we go into our game-by-game preview podcast. If you haven't listened to it already, uh, you can find it at Supercoach365 under the same flagship uh, here on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you are listening to us, at SuperCoachBets. So find us there. Tommy, a big thank you. Uh, Good luck with your team this week. Let's keep it climbing, brother. Let's Let's keep these wheels in motion. Yeah, thanks, mate. Good luck to you as well. Good luck to everyone out there listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.